Welcome to News Data's Energy West, a podcast about the energy industry today and where it's going tomorrow. Hello, I'm Jason Fordney, editor of California Energy Markets. I'm flying solo for this edition of our Energy West podcast, coming to you from New Orleans, Louisiana, where I've been attending the 2022 NARUC Annual Meeting and Education Conference. That's the National Association of Regulatory Utility Commissioners. Had some excellent panels that I'll be writing about in this week's edition of CEM. Yesterday, I attended the Federal State Transmission Task Force, which uh, had a lot of topics covered, one of the main ones being the independent transmission monitor that has been uh, proposed by the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission. Um, This is getting mixed reaction from state regulators. Darcy Houck from the California Public Utilities Commission expressed support for this idea, saying it might help streamline transmission planning. However, Trisha Pridemore, chair of the Georgia Public Service Commission, had a somewhat strong reaction to that, saying that really this would step on the toes of states a little bit and uh, abdicate some of their responsibility, and she urged state regulators to not support it. I'll be writing about that in this week's CEM. So getting to news from California last week, the California Public Utilities Commission released its long-awaited net energy metering proposal. This has been very controversial. The PUC actually pulled an earlier proposal. Anybody following this this issue is well aware of the controversy around this. The original proposal would have cut the payback for uh, residential solar customers. It did not go over well. PUC pulled it off the agenda. And on November 10th, which was the day after the uh, election, um, the PUC administrative law judge Kelly Himes issued the latest proposal uh, for the state's solar NEM program. This new proposal would replace retail rates with avoided cost calculator valuation and net billing that leaves legacy NEM customers on their current plans The CPUC said this would provide grid reliability and help manage electricity costs throughout the year for all investor-owned utility customers in California. The CPUC said the tariff is revised to be an improved version of net billing with a retail export compensation rate aligned with the value that behind-the-meter energy generation systems provide to the grid and retail import rates that encourage electrification and adoption of solar systems paired with storage The proposal is designed to incentivize residents to purchase rooftop solar systems paired with battery storage, while customers with pre-existing solar-only systems are encouraged to add storage in order to be able to export energy during peak periods. That would be the 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. slot. That's when the grid is most stressed. Uh, CPUC said the structure of the NEM 2.0 tariff is revised to be an approved version of net billing with a retail export compensation rate aligned with the value that behind-the-meter energy generation systems provide to the grid, and retail import rates that encourage electrification and adoption of solar systems paired with storage. Solar and storage interests said the new proposal is much better than the previous one, but they maintain it needs more work. Uh, Outcry from the solar community and others had led CPUC President Alice Bushing-Reynolds to pull the previous proposal off the commission's agenda that was back in February. Uh, But still, solar storage interest not very happy with this one. 
Bernadette Del Chiaro, Executive Director of the California Solar and Storage Association, issued a statement saying that agreeing that more solar is needed to reach the state's goal of 100% clean energy. Uh, but based by on an initial analysis, Cal SSA estimates that the average export rate in California would be cut from 30 cents per kilowatt to 8 cents per kilowatt and make those cuts effective in April 2023 resulting in a 75% reduction in value of exports. Bernadette's quote here is, the CPUC's new proposed decision would really hurt. It needs more work, or it will replace the solar tax with a steep solar decline. An immediate 75% reduction of net energy metering credits does not support a growing solar market in California. So this is obviously still a proposed decision, There'll be lots of comments filed on this. I'm sure lots of discussion and probably some refinement. We'll be covering it all in CEM. That story is from our new reporter and Ernst. Moving on, California Governor Gavin Newsom was, of course, re-elected to a second term uh, last week. And also, he was successful in shooting down Proposition 30. This was a measure that would have taxed the wealthy to fund zero-emission vehicles and wildfire mitigation programs. Newsom won the election with about 58% of the vote. That was the counting as of the writing of our story. Um, Newsom had publicly denounced Proposition 30, uh, which was defeated with 59% of voters rejecting it. This would have placed a tax on uh, people that make more than $2 million a year to fund ZEV programs as well as wildfire mitigation. Let's see. He said that uh, this was mainly developed by a single ride-sharing company, which he didn't name, but is actually Lyft. And he said that Lyft was intended, intending to funnel state income taxes to benefit their company. Lyft did donate tens of millions of dollars to support the campaign for Prop 30 and help draft the language and the measure. Ride-hailing companies such as Lyft and Uber are required to ensure 90% of their vehicle miles are driven by Zevs by 2030. That's a regulation adopted by the California Air Resources Board in May 2021. The regulation requires the companies to begin electrifying their California fleets in 2023 in accordance with the implementation of Senate Bill 1014, which was issued in 2018. It's estimated Prop 30 would have raised between $3.5 billion and $5.5 billion per year by taxing California residents who earn more than $2 million. Of that, about 45% would help people buy new ZEVs, 35% would pay for new public ZEV chargers, and 20% would be devoted to wildfire response and prevention. The tax would sunset in two decades. Many of the governors, or I should say several of the governor's biggest donors were uh, against this proposal, maybe one reason the explanation for him sort of departing from programs that he would traditionally support uh, that would uh, bolster ZEV use. So Proposition 30 died a swift death there at the polls. Finally, we have reporting from Rory Sweeney, and um, this is the new uh, report from the California Independent System Operator, which details the September heat wave event, which uh, California came very close to rolling blackouts, mainly on September 6th, 
when we had an extreme heat wave. It's hard to believe that was only three months ago. But there was a, a combination of many factors contributed to narrowly avoiding the rolling outages during that 10-day record-setting heat wave in September that far exceeded Kaiso's resource adequacy capacity, Kaiso said in this report, which was a summer market per- performance report for September. Here's a quote from the report. The grid has never faced anything like the September 2022 heat wave, September 5th through 8th, were some of the most challenging days in the history of the ISO's electrical grid, according to the report. Surviving the event would not have been possible without the significant mobilization of new generating resources and the enhanced communication and coordination between the ISO, state and federal agencies, and industry that have occurred over the past two years. ISO recorded its highest ever average load, hourly average load, of 51,473. 9 megawatts on September 6th, a new instantaneous gross peak load of 52,061 megawatts at 4.58 p.m. System demand had exceeded 50,000 megawatts on ISO grid only twice before and not exactly and not since exactly five years ago on September 7th, 2017. The wider reliability coordinator footprint in the West saw record load that day of 130,920 megawatts and several locations in California recorded all-time high temperatures reaching up to 116 degrees. It was hot. However, the report notes that the ISO reached its highest emergency alert level only on September 6th despite 10 consecutive days of flex alerts. This was the voluntary consumer conservation uh, during which maximum daily temperatures throughout the footprint were on the order of 5 to 10 degrees above normal. This Kaiso report attributes the grid's resilience to a variety of factors, including, quote, an unprecedented level of coordination and public conservation. In addition to the voluntary conservation efforts, state programs provided non-market resources to address extreme events that produced an ex- estimated 1,510 megawatts of load reduction immediately following the September 6th record. That's also reporting from our new reporter, Anne Ernst. Well, thanks for listening. That's about it this week for EW from here in New Orleans. We'll be back next week with Dan Catchpole and myself. Thanks for tuning in. I'm on Twitter at Fordney Energy. You can find uh, California Energy Markets at newsdata.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. You've been listening to News Data's Energy West, a podcast about the energy industry today and where it's going tomorrow. Tomorrow.